Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. Let's pray for today. Let's pray for the word this morning. And let's just ask God to be with us as we read his word. So Father, Lord, I thank you for today, Jesus. I thank you that you love us, God, and that you knew us before the foundation of the world were laid. God, you knew us and you, you purposed us, God, that, that you have us here for a reason and a plan, God. Lord, Lord, we, we say it around here at church that we're on mission with you, Jesus. Well, Lord, I pray that will be our hearts today, God that we would be on mission with you as we walk out our lives. And so this morning, God, we ask that you would, your word will come alive in our hearts. Holy Spirit, that you would speak through your word to us and, and you would show us your truth this morning. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, well, if you don't have your Bibles, open to Acts 10. That's where we're going to be reading from this morning. <clears throat> and you'll probably remember this story because it's been preached on a lot and it's pretty famous it's that story where Peter's on the roof and the, and the sheet comes down and, and he says, no, God, I can't kill and eat. Um, so that's the story we're going to read. So I'm just going to read. We're going to stop in places. We're going to talk about it. And, um, and then I have one big observation that I want to make this morning for us. And, uh, and then we'll just, we'll, we'll close us out on that observation. So here we go. Chapter 10, verse 1. If you're there... Say word. Okay, let's go. Um, now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. Uh, centurion is like a, um, if you're in the military, it was like a sergeant, right? He's in charge of a certain amount of men, right? He's, he's, um, he, he's in charge of men. So, and this is Italian cohort that, that has some implications that he could be, um, could be there to guard uh, uh, Herod Agrippa. Um, I know there's some, there's, there's some commentaries that, that say that's who he could have been. But he was in Jerusalem, or he was in Joppa, but he, he had been to Jerusalem and he had seen the Jewish faith. So a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave him alms to the Jewish people and, <clears throat> and prayed to God continually. I think Luke here is saying that he was a devout man. Um, he was devout, meaning like he, the Ro Roman culture and then in, in, in Rome, like they had pagan worship, right? So he wasn't worshiping the gods of, of, of his uh, heritage. He was actually devout to God is what it's saying here. He was devout to Yahweh. He was worshiping God. It says he was a devout man who feared God. So something happened in this guy's story where where he made a decision to to follow uh, follow the the God of of the Jewish people. Um, um, about this is verse three, about the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God uh, who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius. Uh, can you imagine this guy, just an angel shows up and, and he, it says he's terrified. And this angel shows up and he says his name. He calls him by name. And, um, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, 
uh, that language there is he was like, he was terrified. <laughs> like he, he was like almost froze, like in his shoes, like, like what is going on? Like, this is clearly, a, uh, not just a person that walked into the room. He clearly identified this as something that was uh, supernatural. Um, and he, he was froze by it. Right. And, and fixing his gaze on him, he was much alarmed. And he said, he said to the angel, what is it, Lord? Uh, and he said to him, this is the angel, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Um, I love that idea of ascending prayers. And in the Old Testament in Leviticus, they would do the burnt offerings and the smoke would come up. And the smoke was actually a representation of prayer. And one of my favorite kinds of uh, worship that's out there is called harp and bowl worship. And it's the harp is like playing guitar and singing or playing piano. It's the harp. It's the music. It's the worship. It's the singing. And then the bowl is, is supposed to be like what's here, this aroma, that we would be a, a, a good aroma unto the Lord, that our, our prayers that we, 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 we throw up to God, they, they're like, they ascend to him. And, um, and I just love that, that picture of prayer about how when, when we set our heart on God, when we, when we pray to him, it, it, it ascends to him and he hears it. Um, and that's what he, the angel's saying. Like, you've been devoted. You devoted yourself to God and you've prayed to him and God has recognized it. And, um, and so he says to him, um, because you've done this, I, I think you can just, we can read through that really quick. I read through it really quick, like three times. Like you can read through that really quick and miss the implications of like what that actually says. Like he was a man who was not Jewish. He was a Roman and he was a Roman soldier at that. And, but he rec- something happened where he recognized Yahweh is God, and he devoted himself to it, and he was praying to the point that God sent an angel to him. I mean, that's phenomenal. Like, we shouldn't just, like, breeze past that. Um, it's just, that part, it should just catch us, like, it should just amaze us. Like, this guy's devotion to God w- was great. Um, and he sa- the angel said to him, now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for uh, a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. We know this man from the Gospels. This is Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times. Peter's the one who always was being a little eccentric, like, like, no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. Well, fine, then wash my whole body. You know, like Peter, <clears throat> um, he was he was that guy. And so Peter is the one who jumped out of the boat when he realized it was the resurrected Jesus on the shore who told them to throw their nets on the other side and created the same miracle again. I mean, this is Peter. Peter is, this is the Peter we, we know um, from the Gospels who is a little bit, he's a little bit crazy sometimes, I think. And uh, um, so this is the guy. His name is Simon. He also goes by Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon. That's not weird at all. Simon is staying with Simon. But no, the, the, they're giving him a clear word of knowledge to go to, to this guy who tans hides, who lives out by the ocean. His name is Simon. Um, verse 7, when the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants, a devout soldier 
of those um, who were his personal attendants, and after he explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, from where he is, he's in Caesarea, and he sent them to Joppa. It's about 30-some miles. It's about a 16-hour trek, they say, on foot um, by the roads system they had then. Um, and it's interesting because he says this right away, and we'll read when when they actually come to see uh, Peter, who's on the roof, we'll see that it's noontime, and that's about 16 hours. So what I thought is important there is he, as soon as the angel left, he didn't wait. He didn't debate. I mean, sometimes when the Lord speaks to me, I'm like, you know, I, I struggle with it, and I, and I wrestle with, is that what you really said, God? And, and I, and I kind of struggle with, with uh, believing and taking that step of faith to do what God says. Uh, if you're with me, then you can type something out. Like, I get it. I, I, you're not alone, Jared. Hopefully, I'm not alone. But this was such a powerful experience that, like, none of that happened. Like he sent for his two servants and, and one of his trusted uh, soldiers underneath him who clearly believed, I, I believe that they believed that they were men of faith. They knew that he had influence into their life and, and, and he sent people he trusted to go get this guy because this is such a powerful experience that he's not waiting. He's not just sending any servants. He's not just sending any soldier. I believe he's sending men who actually go find Peter, who actually believe that, that this is, this was a, this is uh this is God. He 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 engaged an angel of the Lord. So, verse nine. On the next day, as they were on their way approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Um, that's about noon. So, um, it's roughly around noon. Um, but he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while uh, they were making preparations, he fell into a trance, and he saw the sky open and an object like a great sheet come down, lowered by four corners to the ground, um, kind of like a picnic, like right? This is like a heavenly picnic, <laughs> you know, a white sheet coming down like a picnic blanket um, to the ground, and there were in all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures on the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I will never I have never eaten anything unholy or unclean. Uh, if you remember back in Leviticus, it was clear there was a clear set of instructions. If you were a Jew you were Jewish and you were following the the uh, what what Moses had written, uh, that God had told them not to eat certain kinds of animals. They weren't to eat animals that had that didn't have the split or had the split hoof and didn't have the split hoof and that crawled on the ground and that had many feet and um, so they weren't supposed to eat bugs or reptiles or birds. There, there's all these things that were un clean for them to eat. And if they ate them, they became unclean. And if you remember all of the things they had to do to get clean, they had to go get an animal that was spotless and they had to bring it to the priest. And then they had to do like, they had to do all these things to get clean. Even if they touched a dead animal, you know, they had to go through all of this process of, of becoming clean. And so this is clearly part of something that Peter has grown up his whole life. He believes in and, um, and, and Jesus was Jewish. I mean, they believed it. Um, 
and I know that Peter was with Jesus when a lot of this happened. They went to Samaria, and Peter had an issue with the Samaritans and preaching to the Samaritans, but God kind of changed his heart in that, um, and he goes back to Samaria after Jesus goes to heaven and 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 preaches there. And I, so, but but they're kind of like they're kind of Jewish, right? And so. But they never really talk about like when Jesus fed the 5,000 or the 4,000 Gentiles, you know, and all the ministry he did to the Gentile cities around Galilee. Um, but they just believed that Jesus was doing ministry to other nations, but they didn't want it. They still, in their heart, they weren't, they weren't there. They weren't ready to go preach to the Gentiles at all. Um, and so he's just starting off this issue of Gentiles versus Jews, he's starting it off by giving him this vision. He falls into a trance. He's up on the rooftop. That's where they hang out. It's a nice area to, to hang out and rest. And he can smell the food probably cooking around lunchtime. And so he's getting really hungry and he falls into this trance. And so what does he see? He sees a picture of animals that he shouldn't eat. <laughs> and God says to him, this happened three times and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. So, so Peter is going back and forth with God like, no, God, I can't eat this. Um, I have never eaten these things. And God said, don't call on common. Let's read that again. Um, and Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy. And again, a voice came a second time. What God has cleansed uh, no longer consider unholy. Um, and so God had to tell Peter that three times. What God has cleansed, do not consider unholy. And so Peter's going back and forth. And in the middle of Peter going back and forth with the Lord, the sheik gets taken up. It says, now while Peter was greatly perplexed in his mind as to what the vision which he had seen uh, might be, behold, men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, appeared at the gate. Now this is... It's 16-hour trek from, and Cornelius saw the angel around 3 p.m., it said, and then if he sent him, it's a 16-hour walk there, and they say they got to sleep and stop and rest. I mean, and Peter went up on the roof around noon. That's about 16 hours. So however long that vision with the Lord lasted was just enough time for those people, uh, the, the two servants and the soldier, to show up at the gate. I mean, if you... If you don't believe that God has his hand in all things, if you don't believe that God is a God who, who, is, who, who is providential over things and, and is leading and guiding things and causing things to a- happen, like, like that, there's no coincidence. Like we don't, if you're a believer in Jesus, like we don't believe in chance. We don't believe in luck. You know, if you go to the, if you gamble or you buy scratch tickets or you do all that stuff, like, that that that's just chance and that's not we don't I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in luck. Like God is not a he is a God who provides. He's a God who sees all. He's a God who has his hand in things. And it's clear like like these guys left. The angel showed up that time and it was such a powerful experience that they left and they showed up right when Peter was in the middle of trying to deal with this this uh vision the Lord gave him. So they're at the gate. Uh, I got to find my spot. Uh, now, while Peter was greatly perplexed in his mind as what the vision he heard, uh, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked direction for Simon's house, appeared at the gate and called out 
they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on this vision, so he's reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Um, we have this great book around here. Uh, it's written by Pastor Ben Dixon. It's called Hearing God. If you haven't read it, I recommend you pick it up. It's free here at the church. But pick it up, and it, and it talks about hearing God. And it's a great um, it's a great book to read. And I just, I read this and I can't help but think that God talks to us. Like even in the middle of Peter being like perplexed and struggling to like, why would you tell me this God? Why would you tell me to eat something that's unclean? Like in the middle of that, he says to him, like, go downstairs. <laughs> like the Holy Spirit is still speaking to us today. And, and I think it's important to, to recognize that. Um, no matter where we are, what we're doing, like the Holy Spirit will speak to us uh, if, we, if we're listening. Um, and, and pick up that book. It's a great book. Uh, While Peter was greatly perplexed in the mind as to what the vision which he had sent meant, behold, the men showed up and calling out is Simon, who's also called Peter, staying here. While Peter was reflecting on a vision, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, uh, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house and hear a message for you. Uh, so he invited them in and gave them lodging. I think it's funny that like he invited them in, meaning they like they weren't even in the house yet. So like he comes downstairs because God told him to, and he's standing in the doorway. I, I don't know. I, I see him standing in the doorway, and he sees a Roman soldier. So he's thinking, okay, God, you're telling me to go with these people, and here's a Roman soldier. Am I getting arrested? Is this the end? Like, what's going on? I have no clue. And he's like, and so he asks him, like, what's up? And, and then they tell him, no, a God-fearing, uh, our boss, a God-fearing man who he sent us here. And, and so he's convinced that, okay, God is doing something because God told him what? God told him that he was wanting him to go with them, that he sent them. And so then he invites them in. So, I mean, let's be honest, like, Peter's struggling with what God said to him, like, oh, God, I can't do that. that that's every, against everything I've done my whole life. And God speaks to him. So we're in relationship with God, and God speaks to us. And then he goes downstairs, and he sees the circumstance. <laughs> he sees a Roman soldier. And immediately his response isn't like, come on in. <laughs> it, I think we do the same thing. It's like God speaks to us and we take steps, a little few steps of faith. And then when we see the circumstance and we think, oh, wait a second. Like, we just want to verify. We just want to make sure that this is what you see. Peter didn't just like, <clears throat> like, let's contrast. Uh, the centurion just sent him, right? He's just, Cornelius just sent him right away. Man, and here's Peter who's hesitant and who's hesitant again. And instead of like trusting that the Lord is doing this, and um, I, just, I just found that interesting, that there's a contrast between the two. Um, where are we? Verse 20. But get, Nope, we read that. Verse 22. <clears throat> then they said to Cornelius, we read that. 
<laughs> um, so he invited them in uh, and gave them lodging. He, it, it wasn't even his house. It was, uh, it was his buddy Simon's house that he's staying at. But he invites all these people in, you know, to give them lodging, which means you got to feed them. I just, I just think it's funny that, that uh, Peter... It's, it's Peter, right? Peter that jumps out of the boat. It's Peter that, that washed my whole body, Peter, right? Don't forget that. Uh, this is verse 23. And on the next day, he got up and went away with them. And some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Um, on the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and called together his uh, relatives and close friends. Um, when Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. So Cornelius, like here's, he had such a powerful experience with, a, with an angel. He believes that this is someone that God is sending to him. And so what does he do as soon as Peter shows up? He doesn't know Peter. He falls on, he like falls on his face and he just begins to worship him. And um, because he's just, think about that culturally, you've got a Roman commander or, or centurion, right? And you've got a Jewish man. For a Roman soldier to get down on his knees or maybe even on his face to give Peter respect, like, everyone's going to see that and go, what is happening here? What's going on? That, like, that doesn't happen. Like, the Romans are in charge. They're not inferior to the Jews. Like, so something, so we have to recognize that Cornelius is, is recognizing Peter. Um, I don't think he was worshiping Peter, but I think he was, he, he was giving him uh, the worship because of the powerful experience he had with God. Um, and verse 26, but Peter raised him up saying, stand up, I to him just a man. <laughs> um, kind of reminds us of uh, another experience. Anyways, but Peter, Peter said, rise up, I, I'm just a man too. Like, don't worship me, I'm just a man. Um, as he talked with them, he entered in and found many people assembled. So Peter had no clue that there's all these people going to be here, but it's all his friends, all his relatives. Uh, uh, Cornelius has, has made a point to make sure everyone's there. He's probably told everyone, I saw an angel and God's going to send us a man. I mean, the details of the, the mission of the word from the Lord was go to this specific house, get this specific person, and he's going to come to you and bring you a word from God himself. So he's believing. He's inviting everyone. I mean, can you remember that time when you first got saved and you're so excited about Jesus, like all you want to do is tell other people? It's like that. Like he's running out to tell people like, hey, you got to come over. They're going to be back, you know? Um, and so he's got everyone assembled at his house. And he said to them, you yourself know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. So Peter's had this 16-hour trek. Maybe they took a day to get back up to Caesarea. Um, and he's processing everything that God has shown him in the trance, in the word to go downstairs, these men, and he spent the night with them. So he's had time to process this. It's the next day they're traveling. He's had time to think this through, and it's clear to him, God has shown him that this vision of the sheet that comes down, and don't call what's unclean, unholy, uh, for what I have cleansed, I have made holy, right? Um, you should not call any man unholy or unclean. 
it was really a normal concept back then that if you were not Jewish and you wanted to worship Yahweh, you needed to be circumcised, you needed to become Jewish through the, the rites of passage, pretty much you could say, uh, to become a Jew. Uh, as a as a non-Jewish b- worshiping Yahweh, um, like you had to do certain things. And it was not cool for Jewish people to go into Greek people's homes or Roman people's homes. Like it was, there's pagan worship there. Like we don't, we, you don't go there. It's, it's, it's unacceptable for a Jewish person to go there. And so Peter's saying that, but he's saying, God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. That is why I came without, um, that is why I came without ever rising any objection when I sent, uh, when I was sent for. So I asked for what reason you have sent for me. Uh, like Peter doesn't even know why, why he sent for him. Like Peter just is trusting in the Lord because of the, the word that the Lord gave him. He, is, he has done a, a day and a half of, of following the Lord with not even knowing what his, the reason that it's... I think of my own life sometimes like, sometimes I don't want to do anything until I know why or how long or what we're going to do when we get there. What's the purpose of this thing? Because I need to be prepared. I mean, and, and Peter is having to follow the leading of the Lord, and, but there's, it's kind of like we talk about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I heard a preacher say, it's kind of like, a you know, we talk, talk about the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. You ever walked around? You ever been camping? If you ever been camping, you know what this is like. But you got a lantern, you know, as you walk with like a lantern, you can only see so far. You know, you can't see, it's not daytime. You can't see like a mile away. You can only see, you know, a stone's throw away. Um, so like walking with God it sometimes looks like that. Following the leading of the Holy Spirit looks like just trusting in, in what God is doing and what he's saying in the moment and not having to know everything. And, and so Peter has done this. He hasn't, I think he was a little reluctant and, and, and because he's just, he's kind of shook, right? Right? What? I can't eat that. This is not right. And, and now it's a Roman soldier, which you got to be on guard for because they're Roman soldiers. And so he's kind of, he's a little shook over this, but he knows God says it. He moves out in faith with these men and he gets there. He doesn't even know why he's there. So he's like, why am I here? (laughs) That's what he says. Why am I here? Um, In verse 30, Cornelius said, four days ago to this hour. And that gives us a timestamp of how long it's been between when the angel showed up to when the men went there and Peter was on the roof. They stayed the night and they came back. It gives us a, so go back, look at that. Look at how much time was actually there. It wasn't like they spent tons of time praying and trying to figure out, is this what I should do, God? And uh, four days ago to this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour Uh, which is 3 p.m., and behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. And he is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. Um, So I sent for you immediately and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. 
So he's assembled. He told them, we're, we're here, for whatever you got. <laughs> we're here for whatever God's told you. Like we just trust, we just believe, we have faith that, that this didn't happen by chance, that God sent a messenger and we're all in. We're, we're a captivated audience. We're ready. You know, I mean, I don't know if they took notes and pen and paper back then, but it's kind of like, you know, when someone's hungry for Jesus, they come to church with a, with a notebook and a pen. And, and in youth ministry, we used to say this every time we'd preach, but we'd say like, you know, note takers are world changers. Because, you know, when you're hungry to like, you don't want to forget what they said. You want to be able to write down, you know, what the pastor said, or you want to be able to write down what, what we got from the word. What is God saying today? And you just really want to capture it. And so like, I can imagine these are, they're, they're ready. Like, I don't know if they had ways to write down or, 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 or someone was assigned to scribe. I don't know. But, but clearly they're there. They're waiting. This is how I kind of see this scene uh, personally. Um, <clears throat> Opening his mouth, Peter said, um, I most certainly understand now that God is not one who shows partiality. He doesn't show favoritism. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. Um, I want to come back to that. I'm gonna, we're gonna, I want to read through that. That's uh, the rest of this sermon that Peter gives. But that's like the biggest observation personally that I got out of this is those two verses, 34, 35. Um, Verse 36, the word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. Uh, You yourself know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism of uh, which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for uh, God was with him. Uh, I just want to put a pin in that right there. They knew about it. He's preaching the gospel to them, but he's, he's preaching in a way that says they knew. And I think that something happened in Cornelius' life did he in, in, did he meet Jesus? I, I don't know if this is the centurion that he met on the road who who had faith and his, his and uh, was a servant. I think it was a servant was healed just by a word, and he said, "I haven't seen faith like this in anyone in all all of uh, Israel." Um, because he just said, "I have men underneath me who are underneath me. If you speak it, I know that it'll happen." That was a centurion. I don't know if this is the same centurion, but. He could have just seen, they could have just seen the miracles or the testimonies. And clearly they, uh, Cornelius was convinced that this God was a God worth worshiping and all that he was raised in and, and the Romans uh, and the Roman religions and the, and the pagan religions and everything that he w- was clearly not, it's like light and dark, right? He knew this was true and he, he followed it and he got everyone in his household and underneath him to follow. Like, he and and he prayed, and these this is what caught got caught sent the angel. Why God sent the angel? But that he starts off the sermon saying, "You know about all these things. Um, we are witness of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Uh, they also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible." 
not to all people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him, all the prophets bear witness uh, that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Uh, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. So Peter didn't, he wasn't there laying hands on and praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He, he wasn't, uh, I'll, I'll read the next verse. All, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter, so these are probably Jewish or, or people who have converted to Jewish and been circumcised, were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the uh, water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we, uh, just as we did. Can he? Question mark. Um, and he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and then asked him to stay. And they asked him to stay on for a few days. But just jump back to verse 44. When Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. Peter wasn't, he just started preaching the good news. The good news of Jesus. You believe in Jesus. You put your faith in Jesus. Uh, you, you can be forgiven you can be, uh, and, and then the Holy Spirit just fell. Uh, sometimes we try to make uh, um, the, the power of God, we try to put it in our, in our, even in our Pentecostal world, we try to put it in a little box. You know, you get saved, you get water baptized, then we'll pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, we'll lay hands on you, we'll pray, Holy Spirit, come upon you in power, to, to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we, we do this thing, right? It's biblical. We, we, we lead people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in it. We believe that God moves today. But like, like it, it, Peter's just preaching. And it's like just preaching a message and the Holy Spirit just falling. Like, I, I want that to happen today. Like, when we preach here at Northwest Church, I just, I wish that the power of God would just fall on people. And they would just begin, like, Speaking in tongues, like there was no coaching, there was no nothing. Like it was clearly that this was happening with Peter for a reason. Um, God brought him there. God told him that the men were coming. God told him to go with them. God sent the angel to, to, God orchestrated this whole thing so that this group of people could have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on them and to show Peter that God does not show partiality. And, um, and Peter is getting this. Sometimes we say a spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? Um, Peter's getting this, 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 this wisdom, spiritual wisdom and spiritual revelation uh, from the Lord that God, I, I most certainly understand now that God is not one who shows partiality. Um, and, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. 
And that's, I think, as I read this story again uh, yesterday and then again this morning, that just kind of jumped out at me. Uh, the Holy Spirit showed me that, you know, God is, he, he doesn't show partiality. If you trust in him, if you put your faith in him, if you, if you would do those things, God sees it and he recognizes it. It, it, there is not there, sometimes I think we get that confused that God is uh, he, he, only, he only wants to reach certain people like me and I think I think that's a self-centeredness that, that we, we have to struggle with and battle with to see that it's not a, our life isn't about us you know God has us here for a reason and a purpose but it's not about you know me and I think when we come to that point we, uh, the Lord will give us that revelation but Clearly, this this is true for us today. That uh, so, my encouragement for you today is, you know, if if this is you and you don't and you know someone or you're listening for the first time, and, and God doesn't show partiality, um, but if you would fear God and you would do what is right, like God sees that, God sees what you do out of true worship for Him. And uh, and he will meet you. He will make a way. He made a way. This is a crazy story, right? He sent an angel. He told Peter. I mean, there's so much, uh, so much more uh, implication to the story for like the big picture of like uh, sending Paul out to the Gentiles and having the the word of God sent, you know, far beyond um, uh, Israel. Uh, to to the known world today and seeing seeing the 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 plan of God in, in history uh, for Christian history it's like this is huge right this is huge like um, that they would commission to go preach the good the good news to the Gentiles um, but just personally like thinking about it personally like what God would do just for Cornelius just because Cornelius was a man who saw that this was true that this that God was real and he 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 devoted himself to God so like my encouragement for you today is if you would devote yourself to God um God 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 will do amazing things in your life you know he won't he doesn't show partiality he will he he will go to, to great ends to show you how great and how good he is in your life and, and that's that's what I, I want us all to believe that I want us all to walk in that. So um, so my prayer for us today is that that we would devote ourselves to Jesus. We would devote ourselves to to following Him, and and, and know that that you know sometimes we might we're only going to see a, as far as we can see. You know the light into our path, uh, our feet, and light into our path. Like sometimes, like Peter, we're only going to know a little bit of the of uh, of where we're going at a time. But we can trust in the Lord. And so, with that, I'm just going to close us in prayer, um, and uh, and hopefully this is this is uh, meant something to you this morning, uh, Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, Jesus. I thank you that it daily corrects us, it daily sharpens us, God. It daily penetrates deep down into us, Lord, and 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 it and it shows us how good you are. It shows us that you would go to any end, God, to, to love us and, and chase us down and, and, and fight for us, God. And, and, and you plan things and you have ordained things and you have, uh, you're, you're so good, God. And we trust that, Jesus. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that we would devote ourselves to you, God. 
We would believe, we would have faith, we would worship you, God, with our time, we'd worship you with our talents, and we'd worship you with our treasures, Jesus. Lord, that we would give you, we would devote those things to you, God. And Lord, in that part where we hear your voice and, and it's scary to follow you and we're not sure, Lord, I pray that we would just continue to trust and remember your faithfulness. Remember all the times you've been faithful to us in the past and that we would just continue to walk believing that you are good and remembering your promises and remembering who you are, God, and just like Peter did. And, and, and so, Lord, I just pray this over all of us this morning and anyone who's watching uh, maybe uh, uh, watching it later today or tomorrow or next week, God, I pray right now in their moment that you would just bless them and touch them and, and be real to them in this moment, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.